Don has well prepared the way for us to have this image in our mind of one feeling frantic and terror-filled. Imagine Mary, frantic, terror-filled. But she's not running in a clothing store. She's running 25 minutes from the stone-displaced tomb and through gasps and tears and heavy sighs, she's trying to catch her breath and she utters the words to her friends, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb. They respond, what, what, they, who, what, where? And so then the foot race continues. Now it's a 25 minute run for this trio back to the tomb outside the city limits of Jerusalem. And if this was a 70s Star Trek episode, Scotty would have cried out, Hoppin' Hageskappen! The stone's been removed from the tomb! And then the beloved disciple, Johnny McCracken, would have... No, 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 no. Okay, I'm not going there. John, the beloved disciple, is of course careful and conservative in this story. He stands at the opening of the five-foot-wide doorway, a three-feet-high, this limestone tomb, and he crouches. And he peers into the semi-darkness. He sees linen grave garments, but then he takes steps back, and he's puzzled. While Peter, the impetuous one, gets down on his hands and knees, and he scurries into the darkness of this musty cave. He's shocked. The burial linens that were wrapped around Jesus' head are now rolled up, neatly, orderly, placed on a makeshift shelf. So Peter's courage emboldens John's psyche. He too crawls into this dark, cold tomb. More light is filtering in now, and with the light, John's imagination is illuminated. He holds the linens in his hands and he hearkens back to Jesus' once baffling promises. A little while and you will no longer see me. And again, a little while and you will see me. Your pain will turn into joy. And John believes. He believes that Jesus really did rise from the dead. But he's frozen. He stops in his tracks because he's still perplexed and paralyzed. He doesn't know what to do next. He looks at Peter, his eyes wide, his mouth half open. Jesus really did rise from the dead. And Mary catches up to the two of them at the tomb's entrance. Blank stares. No one speaks. They're dumbfounded. But John manages to mutter, "Uh, I just need to go home. And Peter and John meander back to Jerusalem. But then there's that pause. But Mary, weeping, wondering, grieving, sobbing. She's overheard John's exclamation, Jesus did rise from the dead. So she too crawls into the tomb. And the light now is even brighter. It's not coming from outside the tomb, but from inside. It's not just the morning sun. It's two angels with dazzling white garments. And they ask, woman, why are you weeping? A strange sense of calm is with Mary. 
She answers, they've taken away my Lord. I do not know where they've laid him. Mary crawls back towards the mouth of the tomb. Oh, it's the gardener. He'll know. Sir, sir, someone's taken my Lord out of the tomb, this tomb. If you've carried him away, if you know where you've laid him, I'll take care of him. I'll take him away. And the gardener, Jesus, says, Mary. And the world stands still. A thousand images flashing through Mary's mind. Maybe it's the phrases of her dear friend Jesus who in the past weeks and months has said things like, I am the true vine. I am the good shepherd. I am the light of the world. I am the resurrection and the life. Could this be the Lord? Mary shouts out, Rabuni, and leaps into the arms of Jesus. It's a warm embrace, tears of joy flooding forth. She's in the presence again of her dear companion, her teacher, and her Lord. On this Easter Sunday, it seems more than ever that image of Jesus holding Mary is a profound and intimate one. And perhaps many of us are starved for warm embraces in these days. We long to leap into the arms of another, a friend, a loved one, a relative that you haven't seen for days or weeks. We yearn to be comforted by someone close in range, gently saying or whispering to us words of assurance. So I invite you to linger with that image of Mary and Jesus. You know, a long embrace. And on Easter Sunday, isn't it good and isn't it great news to know that we serve a risen and living Savior? And last week at the Palm Sunday Parade, we shouted out, Hosanna, Lord, save us. And we pondered the circumstances, the events, or the perils that we needed to be saved from. But on Easter Sunday, we recognize that our saving and our salvation has come in the presence and power of a risen, living Savior, our Lord who beat death, our Lord who overcomes the power of sin and darkness in all the cosmos. And he comes back to life. He comes back to us, and he says our name. As we continue to ponder this reality of the Christian story, yes, let's linger with Mary. Let's bring our overwhelmed, exhausted, trying to catch our breath selves to Jesus. And let's hear him say our name. Or maybe today or in the days ahead, allow someone who loves you to say your name and cherish that as an echo of the heart and the voice of a living God. 
allow yourself to be loved and held by Jesus. This is a mystical work, of course. But as Christians, we believe that God's heart is made available to us and that God's heart and presence is active on the earth and it reaches to us wherever we are today. This Easter prayer may help our imagination. Living Christ, your promises dazzle us. We're made whole by the punishment. We're healed by your bruises. Your newness bodily overrides our deathliness. We are staggering and staggered by the phrases. You are so close to us, so impossible for us, yet so empowered for us through your self-giving. May we be grateful, for grateful is an understatement for how we are towards you. And we can't leave today's story without a comment about that strange ending. Jesus and Mary's encounter and embrace, and then Jesus says, do not hold on to me, because I have not ascended to the Father. But go. In the beauty and splendor of this garden with Jesus alive in all his post-resurrection radiance, he tells Mary, and I would suggest he tells us as well, to go. Those are the orders of obedience for us in this 50-day season of Easter. In the wake of being with Jesus, being renewed by his presence through worship, the word, hymns, and prayers, this risen Lord who holds us also sends us to share the story of our encounters with a living Christ. His kindness, his compassion, his consolation, the ways that Jesus is truth and life for us. The way that Jesus shows up for us as shepherd, bread, light, and the resurrection. And Mary's proclamation is pretty simple, isn't it? And we can be four years old or 94 years old and say, I have seen the Lord. And I would imagine the disciples' responses were, what? Where? How? But then we read that Mary merely states what she had seen and what Jesus has told her. And so can we too say, I have seen the Lord. In these days of isolation and struggle and challenge, this is what we might pray for. That's what I encourage us as a community of faith to pray for and to seek. That our risen Lord might surprise us. This risen Lord who is a gardener who's tending, who's creating new creation. Even in the midst of messages of fear and death, we pray for ears to hear the voice of the Lord, calling our name, making things new. In the past week, to help me with this, I've been praying the prayer of St. Patrick. That 1,500-year-old prayer and one of the parts of it is this, Christ be with me, Christ within me, Christ behind me, Christ before me, Christ beside me, Christ to win me, 
Christ to comfort and restore me. Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ in quiet, Christ in danger. Christ in hearts of all that love me, Christ in mouth of friend and stranger. We are praying for ears to hear and eyes to see this risen Christ in our midst. And I thought maybe a closing challenge for all of us near and far is this, a team building activity. I'm, I'm calling it 50 ways in 50 days. 50 ways in 50 days. And I want us to pay attention in this 50-day season of Easter, that's six Sundays included in that, 50 ways in 50 days of how we are seeing the risen Lord. And um, I, me, and Don, our children's minister, will collect those emails from you. So Ryan at FBC at edmonton.ca or don at fbcedmonton.ca. You can find those on our website as well. 50 ways in 50 days. We want you to send your ways of how you are seeing the Lord. And then each week we'll post that through news and notes and see how long our list gets. I'm sure we'll get to 150, but 50 ways in 50 days just had a cute phrasing to it. And so let us pray alongside Mary Magdalene in this 50-day season of Easter. Let's believe with grateful hearts that the Savior of the world is risen and that Jesus is abiding with us. And so we lift up our voices. We share our testimonies. We write our emails and as a community of Christ, we will be able to say, we have seen the Lord. May it be so.